Hello! Hi. Hi, and welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise, Praise him! Shahuna, Kahana, come on, pretty mama. Come on, pretty mama. Why don't you tell Sweet Sweet Listener what uh, we're going to be talking about? Today, today, we're going to be talking about. As part of the mid summary of 2024. Should we just start this again? No! <laughs> Blaze on! <laughs> what? Unless you want to go to Kokomo, you're not going to talk. You're going on a silent strike. Yep. Okay, well, I'll just sit here. <laughs> Start again, Jake. No. <laughs> In the spirit of queer theatre, I will not kowtow to you. <laughs> Protect queer art! <laughs> and today on our fourth episode of the Midsummer? Yes. Wow, how exciting. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about Oh Happy Gay by Mr. Act. <laughs> why did it sound like you've never read anything? Because once again, your handwriting makes it look like Moto Act. <laughs> and I had to remind myself, that's the name of a villain in the Powerpuff Girls. Uh, so we'll talk about Oh Happy Gay by Mr. Act and Aeroplane Jelly by Stefan Zapia. Stefan? Ah, oh, okay. Well, um, if everyone skip to this bit. This is the clean run. Okay. Uh, welcome to our fourth episode of the Midsummery. Is it really four already? <laughs> Good, natural. Good, yeah. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> wow. Um, we're gonna, today we're going to be talking about Oh Happy Gay by Mr. Act and Aeroplane Jelly by Stephen Zapier. Oh, so excited. God, in one go. What a got flawless it. thrill. <laughs> Our shortest intro yet. <laughs> Hi, James. Oh, hi, Jay. Hey, how's your midsummer going? Oh, I'm loving it. Yeah. So far. <laughs> time will tell. That's true. No, no, I'm loving it so far. I'm having a great time. How are you enjoying your midsummer? It's fantastic. <laughs> okay, it's great. Good. It's so great to be ingesting this many things in a row so rapidly. Yes, and so many like <laughs> he dis- said at the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do picture you at a hot dog eating contest. Thank it feels you. like your correct home. Thank you. It feels like we should be. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a ni- it's also nice seeing this many different things in a row. Like sure. you've gone from like circus to cabaret to puppets. Like I think it's like we've been ingesting a whole bunch of random stuff, which mm. has been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's my thoughts. I'm what do you want to pick apart about it now? Oh, no, I'm just thinking, like, as opposed to, yeah, you're just a bunch of, like, diverse things. It's, it's like a hot dog eating contest, but it's not just hot dogs. It's, like, just random things. You sit in front of, at the end of, like, a conveyor belt, and they just put random bits of food on the conveyor belt, and you have to sort of, like, just keep your mouth open and catch whatever it is in your mouth. Oh, but I'm... I'm but yes, but I'm also stuck on, like, I guess I'm going less I Love Lucy and more, like... Someone's just in a butcher shop <laughs> and just placing things on this conveyor belt and you just have to like keep going until you stop. Yeah, in my head it's not like awful and stuff. It's like, in my head it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful in your head. My grandfather loves tripe. Now, explain to me what is tripe. Because when I hear tripe, I think of a sweet. Oh, um, I don't think you should. I think there might be some confusion in like, isn't there like a... I don't know in which direction it is. Don't some people refer... Which direction? <laughs> this way, this child! This way, come along! Um, isn't there like a... Oh, some sort of like... What's a sweet meat? Isn't a sweet meat something? A sweet meat is like... Oh, yeah. Sweet meat is like... Is a dessert. It's it like, is? It's like a... Not medieval or something, but it's like some sort of like old school term for a dessert. Is it like when they would put pieces of hot dog into gelatin? Why no, hot that's dog a 50s... Um, what's it? Oh, what's that called when they had like... 
Aspic, I think it was. Aspic? 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 I'm not sure. I'm currently just imagining one of those like pre-drive-in ads for <laughs> confectionery items and it's a bunch of dancing Let's hot dogs. Let's all go to the lobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know yeah, the one. But it's all hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it always is in your head, isn't it? It is. Um, so let's rewind here. Hot dogs, <laughs> aspic. Yep. What were we saying? How's your midsummer going? Midsummer's good. Midsummer's yeah. good. Um, yep, yeah, seeing, seeing some more art. Seen some more things, seen some more stuff that we're going to talk about here. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. system we've got going. Uh, what have yeah. you done recently that hasn't been to do with Midsummer? How's, um, your, how's well, your days been? Honestly, my days have really like mostly just been, <laughs> um, yeah, attempting cr- like to cram in socialising, which you really are not succeeding at in between work and just seeing queer theatre. Mm. Which is yeah, it's well, a, it's a, it makes sense because who'd want to socialise with you? That's fair enough. I am trash, and people are starting to notice. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, otherwise yeah. But in terms of like trying to think of something like anecdote worthy, um, the closest I have even is like I don't know it's been a very like in the last couple of days a very like mystical time for some reason not to like a good mystical uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, okay, I'd yeah, say yeah, so. Great. Yeah, a lot of just like you know, communing with the with the <laughs> with the witchy energies surrounding me and those around me. What does that mean for you? <laughs> how, how does that how does that take place? What does it look like? Um, a couple of things. It's been a lot, like, a little bit of, like meditation and whatnot. It's been a little bit of like paying attention to like the the energies that I'm putting out and like the the like the crystals and such that I've got arranged in my home and those that I wear around. Sorry if I'm losing you, sweet sweet listener, but it's mm. <laughs> a thing that matters to me, especially at the moment. But it's like it's a thing that I'm just like noticing the shifts of particular things I spent sort of like an evening with a chum of mine trying consciously to kind of like be positive and then I got in this weird headspace where I started like sending out positive Instagram messages to people in, in like the way that like you send me one in this real well known <laughs> just to cool people <laughs> oh right yeah, that, that adds up yeah I just want to spiritually connect with the cool but it was just a <laughs> little like you should do it for <laughs> in that headspace where it's like I'm going to treat everyone's Instagram story as if it's a thing that they, it's them trying to start a conversation with just me oh god yeah after three drinks yes oh sure well, absolutely I was, after I two drinks doing that for like an hour and oh then, fun I don't know but it just <laughs> made me feel insane afterwards so that is an interesting headspace when you get into and you see someone like post a picture of their meal and you think oh my god that looks delicious well done <laughs> yeah and you reach out and you want to get a conversation started did you get many conversations started um oh a couple of them it was yeah oh, I don't know but it was okay. that you saw um, but even too, I've just been having like, it's been like a couple of days of just like very intense, just interactions with randos. It's been a lot of just like, I don't know, hmm. it's a lot of people like, especially at this goddamn restaurant I work at, there was just like this real streak of just like a bunch of people in a row where it's like, you just, I don't know, you lock eyes and there's this weird in it, like energy between you and the person that you just handed guacamole to. And it's like, the next thing you know, you're just fisting each other behind <laughs> the bars. <laughs> Emotionally speaking, there's been a lot of Emotionally like, fisted. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of very like hot sudden connections with with you know people I'm really happy for you Jake That's it's lovely. weird it's strange what I don't know. hey don't question it let the energy guide you <laughs> I'm sorry if this is irritatingly bumping up against like against anybody's skepticism that's listening but it's I don't know I mean, I'm a skeptic but also I am of the belief that if you just like align your brain to like the things that you want and if that involves you with your crystals and your things like that and that helps you train your thoughts to go the way you want, then that is a form of magic. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Mm -hmm. Do it. Okay, thank you for for patting me on the head like that. Thank you, James. It's cute of you. (laughs) Um, Anyway, how's your last few days been? Last few days have been uh, mostly uneventful. I caught up with a dear friend that I haven't seen for a long time properly. How do you meet a dear do they just, they just you like, hold out like a little hand of nuts and then you smash it in the head with a hammer. Oh, so it's a transactional relationship. In that I kill a deer, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> sacred. Okay. Oh, God, that movie's good. I've never seen it. I just know the title. Oh. 
<laughs> Do yourself a fave. It's no. one of those movies that like sticks in your noggin. Okay. You know, for like a few days. Is that um, uh, Adam Driver or Ezra Miller? Um, I think neither. It's uh, like am I thinking of? It's like Barry Keoghan like and Nicole Kidman and Colin Farrell. Great. I like yeah. Colin Farrell. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> and it was made by the same guy that made The Lobster. That movie. Oh, was that? Is that wait, Yorgos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely should watch that. Okay, I, I like that man. <laughs> not enough, apparently. Anywho, uh, I met up with a good friend. I saw a show, um, and I have started playing a new video game that I finally caved to and have started playing. It's called Project Zomboid. 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 Okay. And it's a game where you have to survive a zombie apocalypse, uh, and it's like a like an isometric 3D top-down uh, role-playing game, uh-huh. and you have to like run around and survive and do things, but the game... You play as a regular human being, which means that you need to read a book on how to uh, work a generator before you can actually work a generator. And you need to like spend time doing exercise every day if you want to stay fit and healthy. And if you don't, you run slower. And if you smash a window to get inside a house, you'll probably cut your hands if you're not wearing gloves. And then the cut will become infected and you'll, you know, get a disease. It's really intense. And, and in order to begin this adventure, you have to read a book. Uh, no, in order to get places anywhere, you need to read a book. Like, you need to read a book on, like, a le- book on carpentry, and that'll help you sort of level up your carpentry skills so you can actually start building stuff. So if you rage quit, you're not a reader. Oh, I've rage quit a bunch, Jake! Okay. But that's the whole point. It, it, the whole game starts off every time. It starts off with, this is how you died. Like, that's the opening words. Like, every playthrough will eventually end with a gruesome death. Mm-hmm. You just need to figure out if you can survive a bit longer each time. And mm-hmm. I have not been. It's been hard. So if anyone out there plays Project Zomboid and has any ideas or advice, hit me up. Let me know. (laughs) That's why we're here. Yes, yes. Message James directly. I want no part of this. (laughs) We have an email. Praise Dionysus. Yeah, God. Don't don't clutter up that inbox with this nonsense. So how many stars would you give your last few days? (laughs) Mm, I'm going to give it 13 of them because that's a lucky number of mine. And I want to attract luck to me. 13 (laughs) is famously an unlucky number. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm subversive <laughs> and spooky. You're sub something. What? Human. Oh. Um, <laughs> and oh, thank you for asking. I'll give my last few days like seven stars because that's how many times I think I've had to restart this game. Mm-hmm. Seven, seven times. Seven times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been been a harrowing experience. I imagine it has been. Sorry, I don't know how to engage with you when you get, you know, deep into gamer culture. You don't need to. I can mostly talk about it at you. Mm. I'm pretty happy. And what a treat for me, being at a TED Talk I never clicked on. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to talk about some theatre? Should we mid-summarise some let's, mid-summer? Let's mid-summarise. Let's do what we're here for, Jake. Okay. Hey, James. Uh... Oh, you want to do that again? No, that okay. was perfect. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you. Hello, Jake. Hello, James. Um, I went to a show. Okay, <laughs> great, cool. <laughs> Which I guess was like, it was technically a sketch show. It was a series of sketches in a row. Let's confidently call it a sketch show. I think you could just say a show. Because mm. I think I think you can just, it's like a sketch show, like a show. It's a show. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of people putting on stories. <laughs> um. So Mr. Act is a trio of people and they put on a show called Oh Happy Gay! <laughs> Exclamation mark. That's right. Is the, is the promo material for that them all dressed as nuns? It's the three of them as nuns, yeah. Love so it. Um, Jaden Mashuli, Simon Hawkins, and Alan Dorsey. Full disclosure, Jaden is a chum of mine. Oh. Um, and I always really enjoy seeing him on stage because I think he's very smart and very funny. Um, yeah, and it's three gay men. And the, the sort of like the loose premise kind of tying all of these sketches together is the idea of like them trying to work out if they are happy. 
you know, that question of like that we've both wrestled with and can continue to grapple with every day. At least I certainly do. Yeah, I don't know what to talk about. Whenever I, I <laughs> whenever I get like distantly objective to myself, it's like, are you happy? Oh, and also, of course, that thing of like, how much has your gayness contributed to your melancholy? <laughs> oh, what a fun and light-hearted topic for comedy. Hmm, yeah, <laughs> but it's it's a problem they get to the bottom of. Um, but yeah, but yeah, largely it just like dwells upon like little facets of like, and I'll get into this. I was like, this is such. I was grateful to get to see this show in Midsummer, just partly due to like that theatrical context, because throughout and afterwards, I was really like dwelling so gleefully on the fact of it being so specifically gay, mm. like the things they were talking about, the things that they were diving into, the things that they were finding humor in. And even like, I think you could argue like even like some of the style of the comedy happening was kind of like quintessential gayness in a mm. way that's like so at home in Midsummer, and something that I just love seeing so much in theater. Like it's some of my like, earliest most formative kind of like excited memories of like midsummer and also like independent theater when i was young was like seeing things that were so like explicitly gay and like four gay people four gay men yeah just gayness being at the forefront and being so like i don't know it's it's rare to get to see like gay buttons getting hit over and over and like gay topics getting like pounded to death over and over again i'll tell you where you can see some gay topics getting pounded to death yeah go ahead the internet Ever been? Ever been? Good. Loser? Um, no, that sounds great. That sounds um, really lovely. Yeah, so that, even just like broadly speaking, was like a thing that I was super duper grateful for. Um, but yeah. So yeah, no, so we get into it. And I'll say some things that stuck out as like especially funny to me. On top of I, like, I love that. Um, something that I think will resonate with you is that they were, the three of them were playing people working in a gay-centric magazine hmm. and they were looking for stories. And every so often while they were looking for the stories, this alarm would go off and these red lights would flash and it was Troy Savan watch and someone would call them on a landline <laughs> and tell them where Troy Savan was and what he was doing. Yep, that sounds accurate and I think that would genuinely happen as well. I'm sure... Uh, Flynn and I went for... Flynn's my partner. Oh my god! <laughs> I know, I know. It feels like we've been together for so long, but we only met yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Is he tall? Is he short? Is he dumb? He's a bit shorter than me, but I always think he's shorter than he actually is. Oh, okay. He's not dumb. Mm-hmm. But he's not smart. No, he's very smart. Okay. He's really smart. Okay. Uh, we had pasta recently where uh, from a restaurant. You take it away in a little box and eat it. And we sat in a park and Flynn said, I know that Troy Savan lives on this street, mm. but I don't know which house. Mm. And that to me says almost... Everything about the gay idea of Troy Savan is like, I know exactly where he lives, but I could not tell you. It's amazing how often people are just handing me Troy Savan factoids. Yes, and how little I ask for it. Yes, and as came up in this sketch show, the amount of people that are like, have you ever watched his Architectural Digest video? The amount of people that ask, have you ever watched his Architectural Digest video? Have you ever watched his Architectural Digest video? No, no, but, no, but I've been asked about it at least once a month. I've been asked about it more than I have about any other Architectural Digest video in my life. Yes, ever. it's that, and it's the one, was that, that, was that also Architectural Digest where Dakota Johnson pretended to love limes? Oh, yes, I know the one you mean. I think it was, uh, no, I think that was, um, what's that Vogue, like, 42 questions? Or, or is something? that when, like, Vogue kicks down your front door and it's like, I've got questions for you, yeah, Blake yeah. Lively. <laughs> and, and Olivia Coleman just sort of wanders away from the camera trying to appear, like, really humble, even though she's obviously become the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, d- uh, speaking of Architectural Digest, mm-hmm. do you ever, sorry, <laughs> yes. tangent, complete tangent, have you ever watched any of the Architectural Digest videos where they get, like, three designers in to redesign a space? No. Oh, Jake. Mm. Oh, Jake. Bitch, it's fantastic. So they get like three random designers in, they show them a space, like, and they have no budget and they have to like redesign it how they would do it with their style. Um, And it's always great. And there's always like some key players that come along. There's like a bald gay guy who's just serves absolute cunt. Just his everything he designs is the most sensual and amazing thing. And then there's one woman, I can't remember her name. She comes along and she's the most boring piece of 
beige you've ever seen. Mm. Everything she designs, because you sort of have to go through step by step, so it'll be like walls and all the designers go through and he'll be like so I've made this wall out of like burnished chrome so you can sort of see your reflection while you're fucking on the bed and then she'll say so I've chosen this like wallpaper Mm. to go with the chair and everything she says it's always write in if you know who I mean I love her I do and it's always (laughs) do your own research no I will not that's why we have a podcast um (laughs) feed me the information Yes, I'll show you an show, audience of assistance. I'll show you later. I'll show you later. Because everything she says is gold. It's always stuff like, this chair is very affordable. So you have no budget. You have no budget in doing this. And you were choosing an affordable chair. How dare you? Mm. So yeah, I know about Architectural Digest, but I've never watched Choice of Irons 1. What mm-hmm. do you think of that? What do you think it is that makes people like want to talk about him so often? I, I guess about, about him or the, the Architectural thing. Digest? No, about him as a conversation point. Is I just because we're so starved for gay celebrity well, representation? Well, I think it's particularly because you and I are in Melbourne. And in Melbourne, it's sort of like, it's having our own, like, I don't know, like having our own, I don't know what the equivalent for Choice of Irons is. Ariana Grande. It's like having our own... Ariana Grande that lives in Melbourne, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, like, when you sort of talk about them, then it always gives that one gay the chance to chime in and be like, oh, yeah, my friend slept with him. Or, like, oh, yeah, I saw him on the street yesterday. It's like, oh, yeah, I had a conversation with him. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care that you had a chat with Troy Savan. I don't care. I don't care. But I like this energy that we're all hip men. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it mm. does feel that way. Mm. Um, I'm going to take a quick sidestep and just, like, briefly, I don't know, just <laughs> bring up the fact that I thought Alan Dorsey, who's this stranger that was in this show, mm. is just, like, th- this trio is very talented. And, each, like, all three of them are, like, so unique and gel so well. And, uh, yeah, just, like, right. a, a really like, a goofy squad. Um, but, yeah, there was just something about, like, Alan that I just found to be so, like, <laughs> light and hefty and electric. I just thought that he was, like, a really fun comedic presence. And I'm looking forward to seeing him again in something else. It was just like the thing where it's like, it just felt like our like comedic sensibilities overlapped somewhere and it was very, very fun to see him do things. He was a very nice, a very nice surprise. Gorgeous. Um, yeah. Oh, to great. My, to my theatrical life. <laughs> <laughs> Added to the repertoire. <laughs> um, was something. There was a segment towards the end of the show called, uh, <laughs> is he gay or just being nice to me? <laughs> oh God, the eternal question, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. It, was it like, wh- where was the humor in that? <laughs> <laughs> it was pure devastation, really. Yeah. Yes, no. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, oh, it just was funny. It was just like, they would show a clip of like a guy like offering a compliment or like making a remark to now the is he being nice to me or is he gay? Yes. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, like the ongoing wrestle socially. Much like every man that speaks to you at a restaurant. No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why are you diminishing the... I'm not <laughs> diminishing. It's just... It, it may, I'm just saying some of the times maybe have could have been just men being nice to uh-huh. you. Sure. That's all. Yeah. 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 Sure. But it's also the thing too. It was like if some of these like men at this restaurant are homosexual it's not as if it like the connection we have is more or less important like it's not all about like sex being on or off the table you know like what is sexuality <laughs> what is love Jake, what is gender we, Jake, what is time we, what is this like i've had enough of this um well, but that's, yeah <laughs> no, i can see you about to dive in. i don't want more um 
That's funny though. That's a funny premise for a comedy skit. Although it does sound quietly devastating, which is so often the thing with gay humor. Sure. Which is what to be devastating. It just is draw- It's often drawn from a devastating thing mm-hmm. that we then make light of to make ourselves and other people laugh, so they appreciate and respect us more. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That is. That is. Yeah. Part of the <laughs> devastation of it. And again, part of why it's great that this show is in midsummer because yes, there's a lot of ache. <laughs> ache. That's a good word for it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's nice gay to be- ache. Gay yeah. ache. Gake? Gake? Jake. You're, it's, I'm Jake. <laughs> Didn't ask, don't care. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna call you whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway! Okay, maybe we'll cut that out. Um, a personal gripe that I've long had. Uh, you know how we all have those topics that we want to like angrily rant about, but no one really wants to listen to us do it? You mean pretty much everything you talk about? Thank you, James. Yes. You're welcome. Um, um, something that I never thought I would get to see on stage was they did a real like thorough takedown of Ryan Murphy's contribution to the television landscape. <laughs> Has no one done that on stage, really? No, I've never seen anyone, at least not with like, the, I don't know, like the, the, the fury and, I don't know. Fervor. Fervor. Devoting this much stage time to it. Devoting, yeah, it was like, it was a real rigorous... That is genuinely surprising to me, but now that you say that, come to think of it, I don't think I have either. No, it was really satisfying. I was really, really into it. They just ripped into it. Yeah, yeah. It was just like they staged it as if it was like a masterclass, and Ryan Murphy was teaching you how to like be such a gay juggernaut as he. Um, And Mm. yeah, it was just like, you know, facetiously running through all of the tropes that have, you know, made his work so tired and monopolizing. Yeah, it's a shame, because I do like a lot of Ryan Murphy's work. See, that's baffling to me. Well, I like it purely because it is visual fun, like, eye candy, you know? Like, a lot of it is just like all pretty shapes and sounds and colors and music <laughs> like i don't look at it and go hmm, no this is a story although some of the american horror stories i quite enjoy mm. genuinely sure yeah yeah, yeah. You, uh-huh. can, you can ask me about them later on they made a really good point about how it's like you get a good premise you make a pilot episode that kind of sets up a bunch of ideas and then you just kind of coast until you try to throw a finale together yeah, at which point you realize the writers have established nothing that's very true <laughs> they mm-hmm. do sort of do that mm. all right ryan murphy well shall we Fight Ryan Murphy. We either fight, yeah, I think we fight Ryan Murphy, burn him at some sort of stake, and then I think you take all of his work and then you reboot all of it, but you give every project to a different collection of queer artists. I think that's what we that's need to do. That's a fantastic, like, idea for a project. Absolutely. Yes, because he's taken good ideas and ruined them lazily because he just wants money and to take every queer story that exists. Is Ryan Murphy queer? Yes. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I suddenly support him. They, there was a scene where there was a date and Jaden really, really, like, alarmingly managed to nail this style of man that I, like, I had never encountered in performance before. It was just a thing that is, like, a startling element of, like, manness in the gay community. That of, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but the style of, like, meeting up with, in whatever context, really, but oftentimes in a romantic or sexual one, meeting up with a man who's, like, for some reason, really mad at you for even being there, despite the fact you were both there on purpose. Like, he's angry and, like, very straight acting and seems furious that you're a homosexual, but is, like, really also wanting to have aggressive sex with you. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about down-low sex. I suppose so. Yeah. Are you, so you are familiar with what I'm describing? I mean, that's the premise for half the gay porn that's out there. I suppose so, yeah. But there's that, that, that startling, like, violence to it, where yeah. it's, like, it's almost, I don't know, like, rampant homophobia. But it's, I don't... But I think the sort of people that would actively want to hang out with those men also have a lot of internalised issues. Sure. Like, that that's that's the, the red flag for me. It's like, oh, if you enjoy hanging out with those men, you need to see therapy mm-hmm. in your yeah. life. Mm. You need help. Sure. Yeah, is yeah. what I think. Sure. But again, yeah. But again, it was, again, really, really nice to see this, like, 
I mean, what felt like almost like a, like a needle thin point of like accuracy and niche and esoterica of just like oh my goodness this human experience of gay socializing oh well done Jen um, yeah it was just like another moment of like oh this <laughs> <laughs> another devastating gay fact that we have to laugh at <laughs> but yeah no it's a, yeah the whole thing was just like energetic and sharp and clever and yeah the three of them yeah I would have happily watched a show twice the length that it was it was yeah it was a cool time and I'm excited to see yeah what they do next great has it pushed you in a direction of wanting to do sketch comedy because we could do some sketch comedy together this confidence that you have I would love to do sketch comedy with you I'm just putting that out there into the world and and, and viewers if you want that to happen you need to write in to convince Jake ha <laughs> <laughs> oh, ha what a powerful guy come along Dionysians yes, yes, come along hands are in the air like Maleficent <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see it but it was pretty good I have a wand as well I'm not making that up uh, yes, Shazam Hello. Hi. Um, I too went to the theatre. Mm. Um, I went to once again. I went to the Butterfly Club. Oh, great! Yes, which is I, I love and adore. Upstairs this time. Last time I was downstairs. This time upstairs. Why hasn't there been a rival venue called like the Moffatorium? <laughs> or the what would be the evil Butterfly Club? Because it's pretty club? expensive to open a whole venue for the sake of a pun. But you get the pun, and then wouldn't that just you, th- th- that passion would fuel you? You'd find the funds. You know. <laughs> Where? Find the pun, find the funds. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> Surely you see good wordplay and you just take that to the bank. In a literal sense. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Bank. <laughs> I might not be a financially minded person. Should I talk about this show or do you want to talk about banks <laughs> What more? do you think they should call the rival butterfly club? It has to be named after okay, moths. All right, all right. Unless it's like Caterpillar something. Like it could be Caterpillar. How about the, the Cater- Caterpillar bar? <laughs> Yeah? Ca- yeah. Um, the Caterpillary? Well, sure, like the Caterpillar Club sounds fun. Caterpillar Club's nice. Yeah. Club Caterpillar. Oh! So Butterfly Club, Club Caterpillar. Yes, but that also sounds a little bit like advice. Like, how do I get all this rage out? Have you tried clubbing some caterpillars? Yeah, but I don't think anyone's going to think that. The Moth Trough. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Got it. Solve that. <laughs> Continue. So I went to the moth. You talk to yourself. I'm going to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the moth trough's famous enemy, uh, Butterfly Club. Yes. Uh, I went upstairs mm. to see Stephen Zapier in Aeroplane Jelly. Oh, oh. He was just submerged in it. Just God, that would be cool. In aspic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from earlier. <laughs> it all comes back. Uh, went with my friend Vin. Mm-hmm. Um, we hadn't seen for a while, so we went to see a show together. Yeah. Uh, and this was pretty... I, 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 again, I've been living myself very out in the dark as to all the shows that I've been... Quack, quack! quack. <laughs> in the dark as to all the shows... Quack, quack! <laughs> in the dark as to all these shows that I've been seeing recently. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so no idea what it was going to be. Wandered on in. Move, I'm wonder. Thank you. Uh, sat on down. Yeah. You got nothing for that yet. Uh, and and out comes Stephen. Yeah. And this is once again a cabaret. It's okay. very. It's it's a it's a one person cabaret. Did you know that from the beginning? How did you know it was? A I cabaret? had no idea. Well, from the beginning, I thought it would be because there was just like the one microphone on stage, a stool. <gasps> Oh, yeah. I wonder what he's going to use it Ew. for. You better believe he sits on it. Oh! oh! Uh, and then out comes Stephen all by his lonesome. So I assumed it was a one-man cabaret situation, which it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jake... <laughs> or a barbershop quartet after a bus crash. It's a devastating theory. I don't know what the show's about. <laughs> continue, Jake. I'd love to continue. Um, Jake, he walks out <laughs> and immediately starts with Nature Boy. Oh. that Oh, the... the there that, was a boy. Oh, what is that Moulin Rouge noise? 
And it is indeed the Moulin Rouge noise because after... First of all, Stephen's got an incredible voice. Mm -hmm. And it's just so nice watching someone with an incredible voice. I'll say it. I'm bold. (laughs) Um, And starting with Nature Boy, which is a song, especially that Moulin Rouge version, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realise was David Bowie in the movie. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like... I, I thought it was a woman. Wait. Because so, it's David Bowie in the movie, right? And was that already a song before... Yeah, like Ella Fitzgerald did it, like, way back when. Okay, so David Bowie covered Ella Fitzgerald's song, and then they put it in Moulin Rouge? I'm pretty sure it was Ella Fitzgerald. Um, so just did some research. Um, Nature Boy was originally by Nat King Cole, mm-hmm. covered by Ella Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. and now by <laughs> Stephen Sapia. Right. Uh, when David Bowie did a cover of it in Moulin Rouge. And Stephen Sapia, after this, goes on to apologise... For, no, not apologize, to say, don't see Moulin Rouge at the Regent, come and see it here, because he does a bunch of Moulin Rouge songs. Oh, oh, in this show. In this show! So he speaks about, first of all, um, one of the things he talks about. So this show is essentially... Oh, wait, sorry, just to clarify. Okay. Is, it Moulin, no, is it Moulin Rouge, the movie the songs? Movie, the movie songs, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh God, yes. Sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. sorry. Well, literally today, I was trying to explain the content of the Moulin Rouge musical, like a stage musical, to a chum of mine who's going to see it. And they're like, what do you mean Katy Perry's firework is in it? It's like, yeah. Have you ever felt (laughs) like a plastic bag? Mm. Drifting through the wind. Well, no, let's analyse for a second. Have you ever felt like a plastic bag? If you had to answer yes, what's the example you'd give? Yes, when I am oh so tired and hungover and maybe coming down in the morning. Uh Uh-huh. Is when I would feel like a crumpled plastic bag bag drifting through the wind wanting to start again okay great what about you that's fine yeah 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 when you're feeling just kind of like deflated and just kind of like well, that's yeah, a balloon like a well i guess deflated in the human way not in the plastic bag way in the way of feeling a little bit like disposed of already used and now just like being like left in like in the wind because you haven't decided, like you're not anywhere on purpose and so you're just being carried by the forces of nature. Wanting to start again. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so Stephen um, speaks about, so this is a slice of life cabaret. So it's all, all of Stephen's sort of gay experiences growing up, hits all the beats, like growing up uh, with the family, um, uh, Italian Catholic family. Oh. That was like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah there's, some oh. Good, there's some good, good fertile Italian, ground here. Yes. Oh God, oh God, if he ruins my mythology surrounding the feeling of being in an Italian family, it's his prerogative. No, no, He's he, a real Italian. Well, <laughs> um, so he hits the beats of that coming out, uh, like first gay experiences all the way up to now where he is now in life, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, props to Stephen. I think you and I, between us, have probably seen 10,000 versions of that story. Yes. In various theatrical productions and cabarets. Very much. Very much. This once again proves that it's just wonderful seeing a a skilled storyteller and performer tell their story. Mm. It's just, it's, it's, it's rewarding. It made me feel connected to the queer community. It made me feel like, I don't know, watching this, watching Stephen just jump around and, and, and sing songs from Moulin Rouge, which is a movie that I also love. Hmm. Just felt really nice. And is that why he was doing Moulin Rouge songs? So he was doing Moulin Rouge songs because he spoke about one of the things that he, some of the things that he used to watch when he was younger that sort of made him go, oh, um, was one of them was Moulin Rouge. And he is remembered- Is that click the sound of him realizing his sexuality? Well, he remembered thinking that as soon as he saw the scene where uh, Ewan McGregor sees um, Nicole Kidman, it's like, uh, what is the song when that happens? Diamonds are for... Diamonds? Sparkling Diamonds? Sparkling Diamonds. That moment where everything slows down, they sort of make eye contact. He remembers thinking, that's what I want love to be for me. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I want my first love to be like. Oh, like he's like glittering on a trapeze. So first of all, before I go on, Stephen is such a wonderful performer. He's so comfortable on stage. Um, there was a lot of like audience work that he just was sort of effortless at. It's that thing we've discussed before where you just immediately, as soon as they sort of start performing, for me it was with Nature Boy, you just straight away know that you can be comfortable in mm. their hands. Okay. Which is always just such a nice feeling. Um... And How much audience work are we talking? We're, so we're talking... Okay, let's jump to the, some of the audience work. So one of the songs he does at one point is... Um, out of nowhere, up until this point, it had been all Moulin Rouge songs. Then he does Cell Block Tango. Oh my God. Which, <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> More of that. Um, but he does it as like his six worst dating experiences. Oh my God. And Jake, he makes the joke that you and I often make to each other. Yes. Where it's like, pop six, squish, scissoro. Stephen! Like you and I often say that as a yeah. joke. He says the word Stephen as the last one like we do. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like <laughs> crunchy. Stephen! And th- which, just shouting someone's name at the end of the Cell Block Tango Popsicle Schizero is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and he did that, which I thought was just amazing. Oh. Um, and so part of the audience work is he sort of came out and for each of them, obviously like each Pop Six and Squish was always like, uh-uh, like, was him on a date with someone that just sort of mumbled and he had to kept, keep asking, uh-huh, what was that? Like, so in each time he got to a new story, he'd come out and sit down next to someone in the audience and speak to the person next to him like he was just telling them a story, mm. which was really lovely yeah. and just, like, so engaging. Um, another version of this is when, uh, towards the end of the show, he sort of um, is talking about one of the boys he sort of dated and he had to sort of... Oh no, one of the boys he was sort of in unrequited love with and he sort of told this person that he was in love with them and then he gave the audience member, one of the audience members, a script of just like one page and gave them a microphone and had them read it out as the boyfriend replying, which was like wonderful and devastating because what the boyfriend said was so, what the man said was quite harsh. Mm. Uh, and then another small uh, version of it is like he sort of in- enacted him at a bar where this guy sort of rested his head on his chest and he, like he came up to a man and like did that. It was all like very like, Wonderful and not at all too asking too much of the audience. Sure. Yeah. So that was wonderful. Yeah. And so a lot of this show um, is Stephen talking about various times he's been hurt by love, which I think is a very wonderful gay writing thing. And it's always for the same sort of, as you and I have discussed in this very podcast episode. Um, <laughs> this one we're right in right now. Yeah. Okay. Like, just like. <laughs> what a throwback. <laughs> the sort of ways you have to mask up and cover past damage is done unto you especially by other gay people who are just sort of figuring it out for themselves as well yeah because we're not really given that handbook the sort of accidental damage that we can do to each other that sticks around for so long and i thought this is just a really wonderful example of how you can sort of take that tragedy and that sort of growing up damage and turn it into something really beautiful and fun and and the way we and he speaks quite distinctly about this about the the masks that we wear and the way that we weave these tapestries around ourselves and make them bright and colorful because that's the only option we have mm. and then when you do find your chosen you know family of people that you love and respect the stories can be taken seriously by them but, but, but to anyone else it sort of has to be presented in this fun palatable way mm. and i thought this that this was just a really wonderful example of that mm-hmm. and the way that that can be quite powerful um, yeah, even that still like resonates with like what's lingering in my mind about about the misdirect show is that thing of like that thing that I as, as I sort of rambled about about finding it so like satisfying and it feels so unique to be able to sit there and just like watching like gayness in front of you mm. in the way of like as with even like an emotional experience that you want to see validated by some like a like media mm. getting to. Uh, 
experience gayness at the forefront and gayness almost like on its own in the way of like yes. not having to experience it sort of like a di- not diluted because that seems dismissive of everything except the gay experience but <laughs> to, to always sort of like have to see it alongside the the straight society that we are all of course living inside of yeah you know and and it's so nice to get to isolate this experience and kind of get to experience it in its own petri dish for a while yeah concentrated um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in a way, it feels like it, it, I don't know, extra nourishing and extra relevant, and and I don't and I don't know. It, it also makes it feel it diminishes the amount of loneliness that I certainly ascribe to a lot of what the, like the gay experience is. Yeah, and it also makes it feel like the things you're going through are like worth putting on stage. Like it makes them feel valued mm. and significant enough to warrant. 55 minutes of the Butterfly Club. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's... Yeah. And, and the more and more people that do that, the more and more weird gay art there will be out there. Mm. Um, and one of the moments in this show that was just so beautiful and such, such just full of gay joy was when he had sort of first come out to his family. Um, Stephen, he then rips off his... Uh, rips off his pants. Yes. To reveal... <laughs> Why were you nervous <clears throat> to say pants? Because I, I was... For a second, I was like, should I not say this? Is that a fun reveal? It depends what's under his pants. Well, there's photos of him in the costume, so I think it's fine. Okay. And it's just like him, he just rips off his clothes, and he's wearing like, it's just loud, obnoxious, clashing rainbows. You know, the ones you see at the Pride March and everything, just like... I think they look <clears throat> understated and glamorous. You're wrong. <laughs> in any other context, I usually hate, like, rainbow outfits like that. Oh. Just because I find them so, just literally because I find the colours garish and clashing. <laughs> Like the only appropriate times to wear them are at like pride events or at a show like this when you sort of, when you want to express that really beautiful sort of baby gazelle feeling of I can be as gay as I want and you like let it all out and it doesn't matter if it looks like just a mess of rainbows because you can finally do it and so you go as gay as you can and you go to the clubs and you see gay art and you talk to gay people and you just pendulum swing so far in one direction. And I just think it's, it's I just thought Stephen really captured that moment really beautifully and I just felt a little bit choked up when he did it because I just remember when I came out and I, when I came out of school and not, like Stephen described coming out not as like a pressure and a weight on your shoulders but more as like a bottle of soda that's been shaken up and every time someone sort of asks if you're gay and you have to say you're not, you shake it up a little bit more. And when you do come out, that's like slowly releasing the gas. Mm. And that feeling I resonate so much with when I came out, I just sort of had to immediately tell everyone I could. I remember I ran around school telling all of my friends and anybody who would listen, like just as many people as I could. And it just felt like a pressure inside me being released. Mm. And it just felt so nice to see that represented so distinctly and clearly and gaily mm-hmm. on stage. I just thought that was really nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh. Um, yeah, and also, Stephen just has an incredible voice. Like, I think I've already said that, but it needs to be said again. Mm-hmm. And another really beautiful, beautiful fact about the show, Jake, that I think you'll love, is uh, last year, when he was doing it in, 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 I think it must have been Fringe or something, or maybe it was up in Sydney, he was doing the show... And he brought his boyfriend of five years up on stage oh. and proposed to him. Oh my God. I know. And he said no. And he stormed said no. off laughing. Slapped him in the face and said, get away from me. <laughs> Too gay? <laughs> Too gay for me? <laughs> no, of course. He said yes. Yeah. Of course he said yes. <laughs> and his fiance was Have you heard his voice? Of course he said yes. <laughs> of course yes. he did. <laughs> and his fiance was there at the show that I went to oh. see. Yeah, it was so lovely. God, and that's he nice. he clearly comes to all the opening nights and supports him. Because he does. I think he does his show quite frequently. It feels well it feels like a well-worn, like, well-known show that he does. And I just think, I really 
I hope he just keeps doing it because it just fills me with such joy. Why is it called Aeroplane Jelly? Oh, so it's called... That's a really good question. Thank you. <laughs> I'm an investigative reporter. <laughs> ah, you've got the big hat and everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is called Aeroplane Jelly because the he, he's, the the tagline that he uses is life is like a... Life is like jelly. It's... <laughs> red <laughs> and jiggly. Sugary. No, it's like... It's sugary and sweet, but it can fall apart if you don't have a mold. And one last thing about uh, just the way Stephen performed this show that I thought was very impressive of him to pull this off. He, it's just not a lot of show with, it's not a show with a lot of like dancing and movement. There's some, but most of the time Stephen is just sitting on the sincerity stool. Oh. Yeah, telling stories. And I think the fact that he was, I, I wasn't counting down any of the time. I was enjoying it the whole time and I was fully engaged. And he did most of it just sitting and talking to us. Oh my God. I think the, the ability to be able to do that just it proves so many things. It proves, first of all, that Stevenson's a fantastic performer. It also proves you don't need much to do effective theatre. Mm. He must be a very charming man. He's super charming. Yeah. He's super beautiful voice, super charming, really engaging, and also can just roll with the punches. Like, he dropped a few lines here and there, but he always had a line to pick it up straight away. I just, yeah, I think he's really fabulous. And if he does anything else, I really want to see. Mm. Mm. So well done, Stephen. And I love aeroplane jelly. <laughs> aeroplane <laughs> jelly for me. Join in, everybody. Ah, midsummerized. Midsummerized. Uh, de- episode four. Done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second to count. And also remember the word. <laughs> Good. The essence of speech. <laughs> um, great. Okay, well, yeah, there's still a bunch more to come. We're only, like, what, like a week into this goddamn festival? Yeah, I guess we're not even halfway. Yeah. Oh, my God, there's so much more queer art to go. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I hope you sweet listener are out there, yeah, g- getting, you know, neck deep in midsummer. Yeah, get on down. Mm. Get slop into the muck of midsummer. Yep. <laughs> Maybe not muck. Get all sloppier than muck. And then, anyway, yeah, so <laughs> let's wrap this up before you keep saying really visceral muck, words. Muck, muck, Oh, my God. Um, um, as usual, we may already disagree with everything we just said. Yeah, we're human beings and opinions change. That's part of the thing that makes art so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, <laughs> friends don't let friends become theatre critics. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, push them into the muck if they push even try. Not into the midsummer muck, though. No, 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 they don't deserve that. Not for them. Just regular That's muck. our muck. Yes, no. Where the piggies in that muck? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going, says James. <laughs> yes, he does. Put that on your poster. I'm a midsummer pig. <laughs> and I'm an owl. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> a woman that I bought a ring from said she was a pig for turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful and like flamboyant gay thing to say. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm just a pig for turquoise. Stunning. And I'm a skank for Cerulean. Oh. Thank you. (laughs) 